You're listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Okay, we made it to week two of our new group ride. How is everybody feeling? I hear Jocelyn broke another tape this past weekend. Yeah. It was a Mother's Day 5K. What does that entail? It was a lot of families and moms and strollers. And my daughter and husband came. Uh, my daughter, who's two and a half, hates when I race. <laughs> She just does. She's very clingy. She doesn't want to be away from me. And I was, my husband's like, won't you just push her in the stroller for the race? I was like, all I want for Mother's Day is to be able to run 20 minutes by myself. <laughs> That's all you want for Mother's Day. That's all I want for Mother's Day. Just let me run my freaking 5K. <laughs> Did you guys get what you wanted for Mother's Day, Sarah, Khadija? Yes. I went. And rode, and then I parked by the lake, and I watched water pass by. <laughs> that's that's all you wanted was to watch some water. I just I think she just wanted quiet, yeah. solitude. Alone. Oh, alone okay, time. alone time, solitude. I don't need flowers. I don't need candy. I don't need breakfast in bed. Just give me a protein shake. Let me work out, and then let me sit by the lake and watch water go by. That sounds pretty similar. I just went and exercised and took a nap. Um, but really, there was nothing different. No. I went down this total rabbit hole of like the whole breakfast in bed thing okay. um, and how it basically was invented uh, oh. by the media. Yeah, because, uh, well, I'm just going to get into it now. Okay. So yeah. I think it's like down the, that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Like in the 1930s, it started getting publicized because it was a uh, it was a way for women uh, who weren't upper class to feel upper class for a very small portion of their lives. Because at that time, like you would have if you were a fancy rich lady, you would have your servant bring you food to your chambers, not in bed, because you would have like a little table and everything. Um, but yeah, it very interesting that that it was it's totally a creation based on like social classes and uh like weird aspirations. Like I went down the Mother's Day hole and that started as like so a two women started it to honor their mom. And it was supposed to be a way to like give back to other and more unfortunate women and like a day of service to like help women. And uh, and now that's not so much what it is. One thing, if you go to um, a historically black university, you'll never forget when graduation is because it is always on Mother's Day. Oh, they don't even tell oh. you the date. They just tell you graduation is on Mother's Day. Why is that? That is so interesting. Yeah. It, I don't know when the tradition started, but that is the tradition. I had no idea. Oh, thank you. I learned something today. I learned something today. I'm so pumped. <laughs> but it's not staggered then if you have two or more kids going to separate HCBUs. Yeah. That, that's that's that is true. But mm -hmm. yeah. 
Huh. Yep. And my oldest son was born on Mother's Day. So I celebrate Mother's Day on his birthday, regardless of what day it falls. Oh, that's oh, I see. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. See, we're going to learn so many things today. See, coming up today, <laughs> coming up on the show today, we are going to talk about all the races coming up. We, uh, we have, we have two of our, two of our group ride are going to be together in person. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, our sports on the, on the TV, on the media, what drives us crazy. And then we're going to have our Sid talk segment, all the races that happened this past weekend and our advice for other people racing all coming up on today's show. All right, so I was all excited about my racing, but I hear Khadija and Sarah are both going to be racing in the same place this weekend. Yeah, we're going to be in Chattanooga together. So Sarah, last year, I kept on racing and not telling her that I was going to race. So I feel like I'm jinxing myself by admitting that I'm going to travel tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm flying to Atlanta uh yeah yeah and then uh i'll head up to chattanooga but yeah it's a local race for katija i'm i'm doing a bit more traveling to get there uh it's kind of a stopover in a weird way because i have to go to germany next week so uh so i do like the zwift tri academy i'm i'm the mentor and we're having a camp over there Mm -hmm. um we could talk about i could talk about that later but uh yeah If I'm going to, basically, it is hard enough for me to get to the airport from where I live. I'm like, ah, might as well race on the way because that's like half a day of travel. This makes sense. It seems logical. Yeah. It totally makes sense to me. Um, So I'm I'm like piggybacking a race on top of my week in Germany. I also think you're screwed because old Sarah, who used to host this with you, never looked at Startless. And I look at Startless like all the time. So I'm always going to be like, Sarah, we're on the Startless. Uh, good point. Good point. But Khadija, I, you're right. You're driving your van. Yes, I'm driving my van, and I'm going to be parked in the parking lot. <laughs> like, do yes. you sleep in it? And yes. then, like, uh-huh. yes, I, I'm in the white kidnapper van, and um, there's a gentleman there who does bike support and bike transport. He's been at a quite a few races that I go to, and he lives out of his van too. So the running joke is, yes, at some races we sleep together. I was like, oh my God. It's really <laughs> so before before we started recording, you told me just to knock on the van and say hi, but I could rock on a van. It could be some random guy and not you. Is oh no, 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 he's <laughs> He's in a totally different van, okay? But all you said was now in the van. Which van? And the the van will say disc on the front. Okay. Okay. All right. right. At least that you'll know. It'll say disc on the front. Is his also a kidnapper white van? No, his has got all kinds of stuff all over it. Okay. Sarah's just going to be going around knocking on creepy fans. It's a white van. Yeah. (laughs) You have a visitor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, um, for training for like long training weekends and races that are close by, I just drive up and travel in my van. Even when I went to Texas for, um, the age group, uh, multi-sport festival, hmm. I drove to Texas and parked across the street and it was fun. Cause I just opened up the door, get to enjoy hmm. seeing everybody else racing while I wait, waited for my races. And it was kind of the, <clears throat> kind of the, um, tent as you would say for the the disc team, they would come in there and rest and take naps, you know, between their races and everything. So how big is it? 
it's just a regular ProMaster cargo van. It was uh, the COVID project for um, me, me and the twins. They uh, sized out the solar system and um, I did all the woodworking and everything like that. I actually put the solar system in. I didn't let 12-year-olds put the solar system. But they, it was their science project to map out, you know, how many watts this needs to be, how many watts this needs to be, size That's the battery. That's awesome. Because you're, you're an engineer, right? Yes, I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Amazing. it was fun. It was fun. My neighbors were wondering why I was cutting a hole in the top of my brand new cargo van. <laughs> It sounds way beyond me. I'm all like, where's the closest Marriott? And I will stay there. And that's about it. It was a lot of fun. We're out. We're outside people. It just, it does not, it's definitely not for everyone, but it works for us. So. Jocelyn, are you racing too this weekend? Are we all racing this weekend? No, I am traveling with a two and a half year old toddler. That's racing. And uh, I guess it's going to be an endurance event because it's, you know, five to six hour flight and we're going to have to bring snacks, all kinds of snacks. I was going to mention about allergy season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got allergies on full force. So I did send a message to her pediatrician saying kind of like, what kind of allergy medicine do you recommend? Do some of the um, make her drowsy? Also, we're going to be on a cross country flight. Like, you know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> so, I think I could recommend some. Yeah. I think I have a whole <laughs> stack here. You can have some. Is this the first time you've flown with her? No, we went last year um, when she was only 15 months, I think. So she had just started to walk and was much less rowdy and rambunctious. And now, now I'm just trying to make sure she doesn't run away from me in the airport. Nice. And wants to stay seated in her seat on the airplane. Maybe she'll be asleep half the time, knocked out on allergy medicine. We'll see. Are you guys, um, are allergies really bad? Are you able to train through allergies, right? Like when they're really bad? Because I basically like lose the will to move. I don't, I don't think I really have allergies. Just to cats. And cats aren't like, you know, pollinating. <laughs> so I'm okay outside. <laughs> I I just reset my expectations if I know I'm like really congested yeah. or I mentioned I have a chlorine sensitivity. If I'm like anywhere where I'm going to chafe is like irritated. I just lube up. I mean, half a jar of Vaseline. My allergies aren't as bad as like daycare illnesses. So, mm. so thank God. So I just figure out like apparently Zyrtec's been really kind to me, but yeah, just yesterday, it was like nonstop dripping and sneezing and grossness. It like starts bad here and there's pollen and everyone's, and then there's something that for like two days, there's something very specific that I'm very, very allergic to. And I don't know what it is. I've like done all the Googling and it's like, cause it's after everybody else. And it's like just a couple days, but it's like, I can't, I mean, I can't do it. But, and then I tried to swim and the chlorine was all off that day too, Khadija. The chlorine was super high and I had really bad. And I was just like, yeah. Oh man, it's terrible. So Kelly- I, I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about this race coming up? <laughs> that I'm doing? <laughs> are, you, are you setting expectations for us? What race is it? We don't, oh, I don't I, I'm doing the new Morro Bay race, which is the new one out here in California. Okay. And so it's kind of, we don't have that many big races in California left. Um, 
so it's sort of like everyone's doing it, which is why I decided to do it. And Morro Bay, if you, you don't know, but it's like on the coast, central coast. So it's also like a big vacation destination. So we're going camping after, like, it's like, I'm taking a vacation, right? So I'm mostly still doing it because of all those things. Um, but yeah, my expectations, Sarah, are not super Well, I, I'm just wondering if this like discussion of allergies Oh no, is this was not me. This, know, is, this is not me uh, seeing. No, my preemptive is like, I literally have not biked this far in like a year. It may, it's like a straight up participation event. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> Respect. So, is this yeah. one replacing Wildflower? Because Morove is not too far from like Paso Robles. It's like sort of the same time, sort of the same place, but Iron Man. So. But we, right. we lost, I don't know. Okay, maybe this is a new topic. I Tell me how your guys' are. We lost like all of our regional races out here. Like all those like mid-sized kind of big events like we don't have any left in northern california i literally was sitting at my computer googling cool races july like I, there's nothing to do do you guys still have big like races around you i think everything's gravel now mm, yeah. <laughs> we just have a lot of gravel events near us yeah yeah you're up in new hampshire um mid-atlantic we actually do have a lot of smaller local races mm. which are you know easier to break the right, tape at yeah <laughs> Atlanta has a big triathlon community there aren't there aren't any 70.3s but there's lots of sprints and um olympics there's a um georgia multi-sports and i forgot the other try the parks are too big oops i'm sorry my alarm is going off um too big that's my prayer alarm um the um try the parks or two series they've been going on for years but there's no like there used to be a 70.3 that was it yes yeah did you know i went to georgia tech for grad school oh nice okay my brother went to georgia tech yeah Yeah. okay i spent a couple years in atlanta triathloning and yeah i did do that half iron man in macon macon georgia what what year did you do it (laughs) oh was it like 2014 Oh no, way before that. I graduated in 06. So I was okay, okay. I did it in 2005. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I I love I love that course because the bike course was really hard and I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I hated the run because I was felt like I was on the surface of the sun. But um the I loved the bike course. I love uh races with hard bike courses. They had cute awards too. I think it was called was it Rock and Roll Man? Yeah, and you get the guitars. Yeah, so you the... got this cute little miniature guitar. Yeah. If you want an award. It's adorable. Yeah. I love that race. It's the first one of the first races I did a relay and um a race with two other women and we beat out all guys. It was, like a, it was a slow clap when we went to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. I feel like those are the races you still need. You need those like local races, and we yeah we don't have we don't have any left. It's kind of they're all gravel, like Sarah said. Well, they got all eaten up by Iron Man. Like you know, I grew yeah. up in the Bay Area. What what used to be the Santa Cruz seventy point three uh, was the big Kahuna. That was one of my first half Ironmans. Mm-hmm. Everything's also gravel. It's very trendy, and I just can't get into gravel. I don't know if you guys are into gravel. Mm-mm. I've never done a gravel race. No. Mm-mm. No new bikes, no new anything while we're paying for daycare. We we, we can we can spin this off into a whole nother segments, but okay. I have I have thoughts. <laughs> on gravel. I have opinions on gravel. 
But yeah, we have other things to talk about today. We have other things to talk about. That's true. <laughs> we promised Jocelyn we would talk about the Netflix show Beef. <laughs> yes, because it's Asian American Pacific Islander Month. And so uh, my request was that we talk about Beef, which I think last week was like the number one show on Netflix. And you specifically, so you and Sarah have watched it. I watched it. There's specifically some cycling scene that is bothering the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jocelyn, do you want to give a a, a brief overview of the show? So yes. people place the scene. <laughs> okay, okay. So the premise of the show is that there's two strangers played by um Steven Yun, who's the who played Glenn for seven seasons of The Walking Dead. And a lot of people, including myself, stopped watching when he got killed off. And then Ali Wong, who's known as the comedian lady on Netflix who did two Netflix specials while super pregnant. So they're two strangers. They get into this road rage incident and just become mortal enemies. And like, kind of, I call it road rage gone psycho because they end up like stalking each other's families. Like um, Amy, the woman catfishes the other guy's younger brother. And then the scene we're talking about is when the guy that's Glenn from The Walking Dead um, finds Amy's husband, George, and go ahead, Sarah, you continue. Okay, okay. okay. so he, <laughs> he rides up to George. Like on a bike? And on a bike. And George is like all like Rafa, kitted out. He's on a, a, a Trek SLR 9, I think. Okay, to be specific. You know, to be okay. specific, whites, I if I remember correctly. It de- it definitely stood out where I'm like, okay, somebody knew about cycling when they dressed him. Right. They did not know about cycling when he started riding. Uh, um, number one. So he's just like standing up on his bike, no movement of the bike underneath. It was very awkward. But then uh so so the character played by by Glenn. Uh, who, what, what he he pretends is he's basically going to catfish this guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Zane. Uh, but oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> so what he's wearing? Okay, pock helmet. You know, solid. But the rest of the 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 bike like does not add up. The the outfit does not add up. Where where basically they're like. Trying to make it seem as though he would just automatically fit into this Rafa Trek SLR 9 world. And come on, we know better. Cyclists are snobs. They yes. would they would see right through this guy's outfit. There's so they're just so there's so, so much. much. And just like the guy, we call him Glenn. That's not his name no. on the show, but we call him Glenn because it's Glenn <laughs> from The Walking Dead. He's like supposed to be this poor, depressed guy. And sure, poor, depressed guys can be cyclists too. But he had to really stalk Amy's husband to know like what route he's in, that he's super into cycling, but also fake it enough that he could just ride up to this guy and it's. I don't think there was any indication that he really worked out other than lifting weights with his brother. And I'm like, the other guy's super fit. And then like Glenn just shows up and is like, and Kelly, you you lived in SoCal, but he mentions like some route in SoCal that's probably like, I don't know, 
I, I would say like Topanga Canyon, something like mm -hmm. that. I think that's it was thing. Topanga. That's a, that's I think a, that's a real route. Or, that's a thing. Or, okay. or Latigo. Like Latigo's a real one. Yeah. One yeah. of the standard LA routes. Right. 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 And he's just like, yeah, that's where I'm going too. And then they just ride together and end up becoming BFFs. And Does that I'm like, not happen on your bike rides all the time. Well, okay. I'm going back to the cyclists are snobs thing. Uh -huh. And this guy's just wearing like a, a t-shirt, basically, like a long sleeved athletic shirt. It's not a bike jersey. So you're saying if someone rode up to you in a long sleeve t-shirt, you wouldn't be friends with them? This is what I'm hearing. What? No, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that a somebody who is like super snobby, which is which is what uh the husband's character, George, is supposed to be kind of. Um He's like rich, kind of rich and like you would think a little elitist, but he's also kind of a dum-dum. Okay. Yeah. But, but you think also, he wouldn't be friends. But also absolutely lovely. And I think he came across as the best character in the show. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> like he's, I remember in the scene, uh, this Zane guy is talking about, yeah, I, I used to ride carbon, but now I ride aluminum. Uh. <laughs> the... the the whole, oh, yeah, I used to have that bike, but now I've downgraded to what we can only presume a guy who is not frequently employed, uh, who does not ride bikes. Like, I, I'm guessing it's a bit of a downgrade. Uh, whatever bike he found, road bike he found to be able to try to catfish this character. Okay, we are totally digressing. Jocelyn. We are like all the way down a hole okay. now. But yeah, so your issue is that it was not believable is what I'm taking. Not believable. It's not believable. Well, and the name Zane. Okay, that's like, the main issue. Okay. <laughs> I did have a problem with that. He's Korean American, like in his 30s. And Zane is just, it's not. <laughs> so that's also not believable. Okay. Yeah. It's not believable. What, what is super believable is... LA guy who is George, like Asian LA guy in Rafa, Trek bike, looking good. Like I have seen that in LA. Like totally. Yes, absolutely. That part's believable. It's it's the I think cyclists are super snobby and they would not be friends, some guy in like, you know, a, an aluminum bike that he just found at the side of the road. Maybe LA cyclists he, are a lot more open minded than you're giving them I, credit for. You know what? I'm saying hogwash on that one. <laughs> I just didn't believe that Glenn was in shape enough to keep up with George. Yeah, George is way fit. George is way fit. But maybe we're, you know, maybe Glenn is just a gifted cyclist and he didn't know. But also, if he had kept cycling, maybe he wouldn't be so depressed and continue down the whole beef storyline, you know? So what shows or movies then do you think have been realistic about cycling? Okay. I so I had this idea that which I'm never going to do is basically like an account blasting every single media depiction of running, swimming, or biking sure. that is very incorrect. The swimming drives me nuts. Absolutely drives me nuts. Or running too, where there will be a TV show or a movie. And if this person is supposed to be like high school state champion and you see their form and you're like yes yes, yes. did no. you ever see sisterhood of the traveling pants <laughs> no. what's your name the um 
the actress that is now married to Ryan Reynolds. This is just going to become a podcast of Jocelyn <laughs> describing TV shows to us. <laughs> and I don't watch TV, so I'm sitting here like, like what I have are no you idea. So here's the question, Sarah. If you started this thing that blasted all inaccurate or all inaccurate pictures, who has done it? Like, is there any that would make your like thumbs up list? Everyone's I'll like, have- no. I'll have to get that. back to you. Have you ever seen, and now we're going to, the Hawaii Five O, where the triathlete drop a bank and they do it during a triathlon in their aero helmets? Is that <laughs> the best version of it? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. There, there's not a lot of triathlon in TV the, or in movies. No. And the best part is they go, but how could they do it? And then they go, oh, because they're triathletes. That's <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Khadija, if you don't watch TV, what do you watch on the trainer? I watch uh, Netflix shows, um, YouTube videos. One of the, you're going to laugh because running is my least favorite discipline, but I actually watch videos of marathons while I'm yeah. on the trainer or when I'm running. Oh, like the race. Uh, yeah. The race recordings. Yeah. I literally, I don't know why I find it interesting. I just do. Just well, do, uh, if you have Netflix, watch, yeah, you watch this show. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote it. Wrote yeah, it down. Then next week, you can come back and scene by scene describe a different episode to us, and then yes. we'll just get all of no, the episodes. No, no. <laughs> okay, you guys. By next week, you have to at least watch through episode nine because Sarah, that was the panic room scene, and I am still traumatized. Yeah, we're traumatized. just. Gonna, this is now going to be a beef recap show. Um, <laughs> Where's the beef? This will change the name of the show to Where's the Beef? Given that it is May and Mm -hmm. that we are celebrating AAPI month, uh, I do love that this show kind of blows up stereotypes a bit. And it shows like really complete characters. And I think that's a that's a huge positive. Like it's really well written show. And I just love I love that it is show like yeah whoever wrote it awesome job great directing i think ali wrong i think ali wong wrote it right all i know is they need somebody on set who knows a little something about cycling that's my that's my that's my beef with that's your beef okay that would be a cool (laughs) job actually to be the like endurance sports consultant on yes tv shows All right, we're going to take a quick break and get Sid Talks recap of the news of the week. And then we will talk about our advice for upcoming races and Sarah's mystery question to close it all out. Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orca's been a longtime partner of Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Orca wetsuit. Apex is number one, but there's a range of triathlon wetsuits. You can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. Jocelyn, I know, you know, we're getting older and aging and you've been using a Minocos heel as part of your like 
post-workout recovery, right? Yeah. It seems like after I became a mom and then turned 40, my recovering abilities really tanked. So as you remember, I then tore my meniscus, had to get surgery in my knee, and now I've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot. So I've been adding a scoop of the chocolate flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie. And I love that it helps accelerate muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah. And so you use the AminoCo Heal chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like, Tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science-backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing, as in if we were writing, at AminoCo.com slash writing. You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's AminoCo, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing. And use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift. Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than 20,000 pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed, and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E dot com. All right, we're back with Sid Talks because we think that we like you and I are sitting here thinking there's not much racing and actually there's lots and lots and lots of racing. I was like, oh yeah, we'll just be reviewing like WTS in Yokohama and and things and, you know, Ironman Lanzarote is this weekend. And then suddenly we like pull up the list and it's like stacked start lists of the championships and loads of races in Europe and races over in the States and a lot of people racing and and like backing up loads of people have stayed like obviously those people that made the trip to Europe for the PTO have then decided to make it worthwhile and do back-to-back race weekends and then almost similar in the in the US those people who have committed to staying mm-hmm. here are just sort of yeah loading up and I feel Same. I feel like I should be racing again <laughs> I feel like I haven't raced for ages uh, do you remember yeah. when we used to think you couldn't do back-to-back-to-back races I know yeah I yeah All right. But first, this past weekend was, like you said, Yokohama, second of the WTCS. There's only seven WTCS races. Anyway, it's a big deal. They're a big deal. They're C stands for championship, championship series. It's a big deal. And uh, I know it was late for you as you didn't want and you don't have a a triathlon live, Um, but it was pouring rain. Yeah. 
boring. But I think that hasn't that been before in Japan? Like at the no. Japanese races, it's not uncommon for it to be. I mean, the Olympics wasn't that like they had like the women's races. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was pouring rain so hard the feed went out just at the end of the women's race. <laughs> oh, and again, typically. Oh, how convenient. Isn't that always the way? We're really sorry. The feed's just gone out at the women's race. Anyway. But that was particularly sad given that Sophie Caldwell took her first WTCS win and you know didn't didn't get to I see think she, I think she's one of those athletes that everyone's just super happy to see her win. Like she's been chipping away and I think she's been in the shadows of like Jess and Georgia Taylor Brown for the last couple of years and even with Beth Potter sort of um rising up the last few years and so she sort of got onto the podium last year and then I think this year um or, or in Yokohama last weekend taking the win and the style that she did it like running away on the 10k when people have sort of probably maybe thought she was a swim swim biker so that was super exciting um, and then we had a, a new another new up and coming I guess Rosa Vidal from Mexico coming in second and then it was great to see Taylor Nib um coming in third um on her return to racing but I think like we were saying off air it just throws more spanners in the works of for the British and the US selection teams for Paris next year like Gwen and and um uh, Katie's first weren't even racing and yet you had what was it four US women and like Spivey was fourth and then you'd got uh, Nib was third, obviously, and Kirsten Casper oh. and Rappaport. Yeah, just crazy, crazy. Women. I believe all five of the Americans were top 18 or top 17. Yeah. And then on the British side, yeah, the year they went one and five. Yeah. Um, and then you also have on the British side, now you have two different Brits who have won the first two WTCS races. And that doesn't count the defending Olympic silver medalist. Yes. He's like a little out of shape right now. Yeah. It appears. And so you're like, well, and then, like you said, like Katie Zafaris was racing for points down in South America and Gwen Jorgensen was on the waiting list, like standing behind the start line in Yokohama, hoping somebody wouldn't start. And so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we should just make our bets right now. Who do you think's gonna, who do you think's gonna make it? No chance. Yep. No chance. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I can do, I, I still think the Brits, they'll pit Beth, Beth Potter, Georgia Taylor-Brown and Sophie, I think. I, I think don't know let's see how Kate like you know great race for Kate War and if she carries on that season maybe she's yeah maybe she's the one that they need to be watched out for she, the thing is she can certainly swim like right. she's that front pack swimmer so yeah uh, the, the Americans I wouldn't the Americans, have a clue, I feel like your heart, numbers my your numbers, heart would break for Taylor Spivey right that's what I was gonna say it's like you feel like odds bet wise you're like it's Taylor Taylor and Katie but yeah. you don't know Taylor Spivey has been the most consistent. I, I, she has been the most consistent U.S. athlete, like for the last several years. But it's always that third, fourth kind of spot. But she is always there, whereas the others are up and down. Are up and down, but they're the ones maybe winning. And so, and she's missed out a few times. And I would love to see her take oh, that yeah. spot and get selected. And I think for the mixed team relay, she that's where her definitely like, she has a strength there as well. Here's a question for you. Even though I said we we're going to keep it short. If, as someone who has been on podiums in pro races, if you're always third and fourth, you obviously have the ability to be first, right? Like yeah. your physical ability. Is it all in your head then? Is it a mental thing where you like, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> this is a very poignant question with me coming up to a race in two weeks. So I'm going to divert this question and go uh, in controvert, not in, in, um, Going to the other extreme, on the men's side, the British men and the US men seem to be missing in action <laughs> compared to the women's side. 
the um the american men looked like they were doing well they were in i mean it was one giant group and i saw morgan in there off the bike and then i i mean i understand like he's just not in shape he said it just like pulled up slightly injured and like ran a ran a 35 minute 10k um but seth Ryder, look i mean anyway there were they were in there but yeah it's more like a development yeah it's just and it's the same on the british side like i mean um oh gosh memory blank who's who's our british who races with hayden ah who's our british number one male your british number one male i don't know i don't keep track of the british men (laughs) oh my god why have i just got a memory blank (laughs) hayden he's racing in um the race next weekend oh god i can see him Um, no no. who came second at the olympics alex yee alex yee okay oh my god i am so sorry alex yee this is training brain for you i thought you were talking about up and coming anyway alex Alex yee it's quite good yes yeah but he wasn't racing is what i was saying um and i don't know if he's he's just delaying coming back ready and timing it for the test event he will go head to head i think with hayden wild who won in yokohama in a couple of weeks um but yeah hayden hayden won wild one and then matt hauser for oz which is really great for oz they've been a bit of a drought on the medals i guess at wts last few years and then vasco from portugal who's kind of i think i think you were saying like just 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 like slowly i thought he was coming on like 2021 yeah Yeah. and then now he's here um and yeah, like you said, I mean, Georgia Taylor Brown, uh, rate, sorry, Beth Potter didn't race, Georgia, Ye, Alex Yee didn't race, um, Beth Potter didn't race. There were a number of bigger, because they're moving, the, the the circuit, the series moves to Italy next in two weeks. So a lot, like some of the European athletes are like, I'm just going to hit it up when it gets back over here. Yeah. Because then there's a lot of racing and they want to like stay focused. That's it. And like on the men's side, I mean, like Christian, um, in fact, he came eighth, I think we said. Um, to be fair, like given the fact that he pulmerized himself at the PTO champs yeah. one week before, then traveled and then is expected to find three extra gears to race. I mean, I, I think that's a fairly reasonable result considering he's dipping in both. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's Christian doing Christian, right? Like, yeah. We're going to have to see how it comes down when it's down to it, you know? I mean, don't be fooled. When it comes down to it and the full focus on, is on Paris, like, I would not be underestimating them. If you watch the race, he came out of the swim, like, 40-something seconds down, which is quite a lot in Olympic yeah, racing. 30, yeah, And he just got on the bike and, like, hammered. And then hammered all the way up to the group, driving people with him. Hammered all the way through the group, got to the front, just kept hammering. And it was, like, completely strung out in the pouring rain. And, like, every time they hit a turn, you'd hear, like, all the brakes screaming. It was <laughs> yeah. And he was just like smiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and then obviously another person who wasn't racing was Flora Duffy. And if you anyone was following social media, she didn't know she's been struggling, unfortunately, with a knee injury and focuses to get back for the test event in Paris. And obviously for next year is the main aim. Year, so she's not yeah. rushing to rushing to get back. Um, yeah. yeah, she did some of the commentary over the weekend too. And I thought she did quite well. It is nice when you have a commentator. I mean, I don't think... I think the commentary is usually fine on a lot of these races, but it is always nice. And you can tell when the very recent athletes are commentating because they can spot people literally in wetsuits. Yeah, and it's so hard with WTS because it's kind of fast and furious and everyone's kind of clumped together. So having that insight and someone who knows is is really good. The other race this past weekend was Gulf Coast 70.3. And like you mentioned, some of the Americans 
Um, the Gulf Coast was only a men's race. This upcoming weekend is Chattanooga 70.3, which is only a women's race. And so a lot of the Americans who stayed over here or North Americans and did St. George last weekend, then backed it up with Gulf Coast this weekend, or they're doing Chattanooga next weekend. And yeah. so you got the Sam and Lionel and Jackson show again. Exactly. Those three kind of start. Well, I mean, you kind of feel there's this, you know, rivalry that everyone wants to see and they keep matching them up. But to be honest, at the moment, Sam is looking pretty dominant on that fight. And, um, you know, he's coming out the water a lot higher than I think people are expecting. And he's just demolishing on the bike and then running the fastest split off the bike. Like he ran quite uh, fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then this upcoming weekend, yeah, like we were saying, oh you and gosh. I were like, oh, there's nothing really happening this weekend. And my my prep was really shit because I was yeah. like, oh, it's fine. It's just WCS. Yeah. I'll just yeah. like review yeah. that. And then it was like, oh my God, there's a shit. There's actually this. a bunch. And so like we were saying over here in the US is uh, all the women are racing Chattanooga 70.3 and like all of those big names that stayed over here for St. George, um, Jeannie Metzler, uh, Sky Munch, uh, Jackie, Jackie Herring, Herring, Paula are, Finley throw in there. Well, she came back from Ibiza and I think yeah. and she hinted on her like video that she was trying to decide if she was oh, going to okay. race or if, it, know, if it was race week or not. You know, let's say Danielle Lewis put that hair mm-hmm. in there. Jeannie Metzler, I did you say her? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a load of, I think that's going to be a real interesting race again. Um, you know, a few of those athletes have raced, raced each other a couple of times now, so they're getting a little bit familiar. So maybe that changes dynamic. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that race. also going to be hot, I think. Yeah. And then and then obviously there's the athletes who stayed over in Europe and they're just banging out races in Europe. And so you get, there's like a, as I was, there's a 70.3 at any given time somewhere happening in the world. That's just like... And that, and like, also there's like challenge races happening all right. over the place as well. I mean, they don't, they don't get as much coverage, unfortunately, but you know, there's still some, there's so a lot the of challenge people that, championship is this weekend too. Well, there's a chat. There was a challenge race this weekend and a lot of people backed up, you know, backing up from PTO to challenge to the other Ironman races this weekend. And then yes, we have the challenge championship this weekend. Um, which again, sort of match up from the men's, from the PTO, you've got Aaron Royal, Freddie Funk, who had that flat tire in PTO. So I think he's going to be firing. Clement Mignon recently, world champ for long course. Uh, Peter Heimrich had a great race. Matt Hansen's traveling over. Tom Bishop, you know, there's a David McNamee and Yuri. I think there's a, oh, the other one I was going to say, Nicholas Mann, he won a, he won a race, Marbella, um, same weekend as PTO. So it's a super flat course. Um, oh, is, so it? Could is be... it in Samarin again? In like yeah, the, it's in Samarin. Yeah. The, the dome, the yeah. biosphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on the women's side, like again, sort of Fenella, Sarah Perez, Indy Lee, I think is one to watch. Um, Lucy Byram, hopefully, like I think she was a bit sick going into PTO and didn't finish. So I'm really excited to watch her and get in the mix. Imogen Simmon returns, so that's exciting. And then right, you've got, I would like to see her back. yeah, and then Marjorie Pellet again, world champion, long course. Um, Sarah Spanks was second at that. So again, like really solid, um, solid start list for the Challenge Championships, which is what again, it's it's a big race. It what it should it's a big be. Race. It's a hundred euro race. I do wonder, yeah. are all these people going to get some training in at some point in and between no, all these just, races? I think they're just racing, they're just racing. Race. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. and they'll tire themselves out they'll before too long. Them. Good, good. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, like you mentioned, and we're not going to dwell on it because we're getting down on our time, but there are two 70.3s in Europe too. Yeah. The one I can't pronounce in Germany. Uh, Krakow or Krakow. something like that. I something think that's, like that. I think I've butchered that. And the one in France, which I also can't pronounce. Can't pronounce, right. But you've Pays got, de A's. Pays de A's. But you've got like Laura Phillip headlining the one in mm-hmm. Germany. 
Um, and then the one in France, like Emma Pallant, Tamara Jewett. Now that could be a really interesting matchup. Sure. Um, Emma and Tamara. Um, Nina on This can then, yeah, not as much. I mean, and the big news, of course, because it's always the biggest news in a triathlon, is that Lucy Charles Barkley can't get her visa oh, yeah, that's to right. go to Germany because of Brexit. And this is what the biggest cost of Brexit. There you go. It was funny because someone was asking me a few, someone had mentioned that a few months ago in terms of, um, hey, how does your visa work in Europe? And I'm like, well, I'm a Spanish resident, uh, probably not for long anymore, but um, (laughs) I I am at the moment. um, And hence, I don't have to abide by the 90 days um, that you're only allowed to be in Europe at a time. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, yeah, that German race. So let's say Lucy's scratched, but Laura Phillip, Ellie Salthouse, Nikki Bartlett, mm-hmm. Danielle Blymel, uh, okay. and Rashmanel's visit. Like again, like legit solid athletes there. Um, the men's side, Patrick Langer. So it'll be interesting to see him if he's if back. He's from, back, back. Yeah, Maurice Clavel. Not it doesn't look as actually deep on the men's side. Um, the women's side's definitely got, yeah. Drink we should have field. a segment, we should have a segment every week called. Which is better, the men's or the women's field? <laughs> Strength of field, seventy-three for the women, for the men, sorry, and eighty-four for the women. So definitely, okay. but that's with that's with Lucy and so yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Anyway, um, there we go. Well, um, there's lots of racing, lots and lots of, and then of course, obviously, like you can be the next weekend is your mm-hmm. big race, and so we will have a break from Sid talks next week because Sid will be in Brazil and I will be in the trees somewhere camping, and then you'll you'll come back afterwards and tell us how amazing Ironman Brazil was. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, yes. Yes. All right. Well, good luck, Sid. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you all. I am going to assume that you did not stay up till 2 a.m. and watch Yokohama this weekend, but it was pouring rain on these poor racers. And I got so nervous for them. Do you guys do you guys race in the rain? I mean, I used to, but now it just makes me so nervous. Um, I mean, if it's raining and I'm signed up, then I do it. And you do it. I actually did not one time. I actually did not start. Like, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, it was like a, it was like one of those, like, um, you know, the crazy big storms we got out here with like the wind and like trucks blowing out. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is no. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to, right. then don't. I respect that. Uh, I have raced in all sorts of conditions, mm-hmm. but I also think, you know, I kind of have to, so. <laughs> it's your job, kind of, kind of. I also think it always, they were racing in Yokohama this weekend, and maybe Sarah, I feel like it always rains in Yokohama. I feel like it. It rains a lot, yeah. And it's it's not mild rain. It's torrential downpours. Um, yeah, and, and so draft legal so different from non-draft because the safety issue is, you know, it's real. Uh, the bike handling, that's a, it's a totally different world. Um, and you have athletes who are, are racing for money. They're racing for Olympic points slots. So people are going to take more risks. Um, so that's a totally different, that's a totally different perspective when you're thinking of it in that, those terms. Uh, you know, if you, if you train in it, you're okay racing in it. And I think that's where it comes down to a lot of people just don't like training in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't feel comfortable racing in the rain. So I guess to think of it like, you know, you just got to get out there in all sorts of conditions and you'll be comfortable with all sorts of conditions racing. 
I used to, like, obviously we don't get snow in the Bay Area. We get like 40 degree rain. And so I used to ride in the rain all the time. And there's like only so many times you can get hypothermia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, because like 40 degree rain is actually the fucking worst. Like it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. And so then like, I just don't, I, I'm like, Sarah, I'm retired. I'm not doing this anymore. Totally. I get it. <laughs> like the day I stop racing. Prof- and I have gotten a lot softer over the years where I'm like, eh. You just ride on the trainer on so that's yeah. yeah i hear you yeah i remember training and we did some training camps in thailand when it was like tropical storms torrential downpours and it's like you got your five-hour ride and you just go and you know you always say hey it could be like this on race day and that gives you that mental edge but i don't do that anymore no, no. screw that but it's a warm rain. That's the thing. Is, <laughs> that is I true. never think of rain as warm. I'm always like, oh, but you're going to die <laughs> like because it's so cold. <laughs> I'll train in the rain if it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. And I do, a, I've only, I do a little bit of crit racing and mm-hmm. I've only been in, I think, two races where it was actually raining. But to Sarah's point, I, I don't get paid for this. So if somebody's looking like they're not totally in control, I'll back off. Or if I'm feeling good, I know, even though my team is like, it's not time to jump, I'll jump anyway, because I'm trying to get out of that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I think you should plan for every eventuality. If you're, if you paid for the race and you know, you're going to race no matter what you have to plan, you have to think of all the good things and all the bad things that could possibly happen and prepare yourself for it. So rain is one of those things. The main thing I plan for is heat because that's, mm where mostly where I race it's it's hot so I I turn up the heat in the basement when I'm training inside and prepare myself I tell myself it's gonna suck when I get off the bike it's gonna be hotter and hotter too that's the other problem is like we're gonna have shittier and shittier weather to race in more and more frequently there's no more like nice 60 degree slightly overcast no uh, Khadija, since you run a group too, and now we're getting into race season, I want to know what kind of advice you give like the people doing their first race. What's like the, is there like, I mean, you just told them to prepare for anything. Is there mm-hmm. like key advice you give them? Um, Especially for the first half of the race, stay within the, the, the zones that you've trained for mm. um, and make sure that you, you're real with how your body feels. I mean, if you're already burning up and you're still on the first lap of a two lap race, that's not a, a good space to be in. Stay right within your paces. And then the second half, if you feel good or you're willing to take a chance, you know, then then go for it. But the main thing is to understand how you feel, stay within your your with your nutrition plan and stay within the paces that that you've you've planned for. Yeah, that's good advice. I was like, I don't Sarah, do you even remember doing your first one? How long ago was that? I do. Okay. So my fur my first race. My advice from that is know your equipment before you race because I had <laughs> I borrowed a I borrowed a road bike with like down tube shifting and I didn't nice. know how to shift the bike. Um <laughs> so I had people yeah, exactly. Petita doesn't even know what down tube shifting is. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the butt you go like this. <laughs> like it's leather. like the things at the end of the aero bars on a tri bike, but they're actually on like a road bike down tube. On the frame. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I borrowed a very old bike. Let's put it that way. And I didn't know how to shift it. 
And I had people like yelling at me going up the hill how to shift gears. So know your equipment. Don't don't do anything new in a race that you haven't done in training. Yeah. I rode a messenger bike on my first triathlon. I didn't have to worry about shifting. So smart. That's what I needed to do. (laughs) What I needed to do. How about you, Jocelyn? Yeah. Um, Know how to change a flat tire. So my first race was a super sprint when I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. Um, and I was also on the cycling team. And the so the bike length of the tri was only seven miles. And all of my cycling teammates were like, oh, just like you don't even need your flat repair kit. That just adds weight to the bike. And of course, I get a flat tire. And I'm like sitting on the side of the road, just like, I'm not even going to finish my first try. This sucks. And uh, another guy doing the longer distance race, there it, there might have been an Olympic going on. He actually pulled over and was like, well, I'm not going to win this thing. And he threw me his flat repair kit. And so I was able to finish my race. Oh, and I nice. was uh, eternally grateful. But I did know how to change a flat. I was going to say, bet- I thought you were going to say he changed it for you. And no. Like, wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. The first time I got a flat tire, um, on the bike team I was riding by myself, I didn't know how to change a flat and I had to call my male teammate to rescue me. And from then on, I decided I was never going to be that damsel in distress again. So from then on, I knew how to, you know, change my own flats, but I also didn't know you're supposed to pump up your tires regularly. Mm. So I got a pinch flat, but the things you learn when you're a newbie, you know, I didn't know you needed to cite. Like it didn't even occur to me. That didn't like occur to me. Cause my first one was at Santa Cruz and I, we got to the beach and I was like, Oh, like, how does this, what, what, how does this work? It actually is okay. But there's a, whatever Santa Cruz is fine. Cause there's a pier. So you can just like look when you breathe and be like, Oh, I'm by the pier. Still good. Uh, but yeah, that's always like, you know what I tell everybody though. And this is what I've learned over the last few years. Maybe you guys will agree with me. Cause like you run a, you know, we get newer program. I feel like people are too scared of doing a triathlon. They're like, Oh, I bike and I run and I like know how to swim, but triathlon that's that's like it and i feel like i just keep telling people like it's just exercise like you know how to do all the things just do them all together yeah at the same time yeah i don't know kelly you're telling me in hawaii 5.0 they robbed the bank and they were able to get away with it because they're triathletes so clearly clearly are exceptional (laughs) i'm just saying this is the actual perception people have all right like they're like whoa I think it's the fear of open water. Mm. That's the one thing I hear from even people who are really strong athletes. They still they're standing on the start line, just having anxiety over. It's true. I did doggy paddle that first triathlon because I'd never swum in open water before. And the water was kind of brown. And as soon as I stuck my face in, I freaked out. So it was only 200 yards, though. I was second to last coming out. (laughs) <laughs> but got through it but I definitely I doggy paddled that race because I was not used to that nasty water interesting I was saying excuse me to people I had <laughs> never I, I learned how to swim in open water but I never swim with a bunch of people and I accidentally like swim over something I was like oh I'm sorry and I was like oh they're just swimming let me just keep swimming because she didn't hear me say excuse right, she doesn't <laughs> <hear you. laughs> I feel like if we can make a whole list of all the mistakes that have ever been made and then just don't make any of those again. Like the people that run out of transition with their helmet still on or it's like on backwards, like the backwards arrow helmet. 
We're like running in circles around transition because you like can't figure out what to do. I've done that. Seriously? Well, it's like I couldn't get figure out where to go or like I was stuck. Like the exits weren't yeah, marked. Yeah, like you know what I mean? I was like, where out, am I supposed to go? Run out. <laughs> so, or the best ever is when you like accidentally get directed. I've had this happen into like the wrong section and then you realize you have to be over there. And like the only way is, and like, you know, race brain, you're like, I'll just climb this fence as I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they're yelling like mount line, mount line. And it sounds like mountain lion. Nice. <laughs> like There's a mountain lion. See, so we're ready for the season. We're ready to go. I feel like Sarah and Khadija are ready for their race this weekend. You're I'm ready, excited. Kelly. I'm You're going to get through this. You can do it. I'm really, I'm genuinely concerned about Kelly now. <laughs> now I'm, I have this mental image of her just doing laps around the transition area. <laughs> that like happened my first race. I was like running in circles and I was like, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> this is an Iron Man branded event. They're pretty fine. well marked. The only thing you have to worry about me with this weekend, Sarah, is that it's like a three loop course and my hotel is right in the middle. So I will pass my hotel six times and there is a <laughs> increasing possibility I will stop and get a drink as that goes on. Yeah. As long as it's not outside assistance. If someone just like sets it on the ground in front of you and you pick it up, I don't think that's outside assistance. What if you leave the course and come back where you entered? That's fine. I think that's fine. Yeah. That's allowable. I don't know. <laughs> You're not cutting the course. <laughs> You're just adding extra. You're just adding extra. I, I've heard of people having a really bad day out in the course and going yeah. into McDonald's and then mm -hmm. coming back out in the course and continuing on. So, sure, why not? Sure. Go to the, your like, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the low-key, like, cycling events we have out here, my, my husband definitely has stopped at gas stations because mm -hmm. he's out of food. So. Yeah. Oh, here's a good rookie tip. If you are going to be taking your time, <laughs> you should know what the course cutoffs are. Yeah. I got to tell you, though, one time I was flying to some big 70.3 and you know how everyone's at the airport. You can tell like everyone's going like they all have bike boxes. We're all standing in like the car rental line. And this woman's asking us doing the like, oh, what is triathlon? Right. How far do you bike? How far do you run? And she goes, oh, how long does that take? Like, how long do you have? And this guy turns to me and goes, oh, I don't know. How long is it going to take you? What's the cutoff time? And I was like, bitch, I am going to beat you. I don't know what the cutoff time is. Like... <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, I got to love triathletes. I only know the cutoff for the swim is like two hours and 20 minutes. That's the no, only cutoff man, yeah. that I was very concerned with when I was a beginner. For sure. The uh, Some of them are pretty intense, actually, like. Alcatraz here, the cutoffs are pretty intense. So, I think the only time I was ever worried about the cutoff was in Ponte Vedra, the swim. The current was really strong. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was like, I think I I beat it by only like a minute. And as I was running through transition, I was like, did I make the cutoff? And everybody's like, just keep going. If they didn't stop you, keep going. I was like, okay, okay. Dude, I, um, I've never, I didn't know this, but like I was at Lake Placid one year, not the year... Sarah did it before that. And uh, I was running and the guy, the last guy was coming on the bike and he literally had a motorcycle behind him with a megaphone counting down, like how much, like yelling, like you have three. And the guy's like weaving on his bike and this guy's like following him behind him with like yelling through a megaphone. And I was like, that is- really That's not encouragement. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. That is not motivating. I was like- watching it from my lap of the run yeah i was like that looks terrible <laughs> i can see 
see me turning around like, bruh, look, <laughs> this is not, this is not how it's going to go down. I can't, oh my gosh. That's terrible. I mean, I, hopefully he may, he looked like determined to make it. So like, well. everybody's motivated differently, I guess. Yeah. All right, Sarah, what's your random question for us this week? I feel like last week it was superheroes, right? All right. Okay. So All my right. random question is I'm about to pack for 10 days. If weight limitations, size limitations weren't an issue, what is the one totally impractical thing that you would pack with you on a trip? Because for me, I have I have this weighted blanket. I am so obsessed with my weighted blanket, but it weighs like 30 pounds. So there's no way I'm bringing with me to Europe. But if I could, I would. So who said books? I said books. Because especially you're going to yeah. Germany, right? I feel yeah. like that's what always ends up happening is I like read my whole book on the flight and then I'm in a country and there are no English language books and I end up buying some like random fucking thing. That's like the only thing in English. And this is how I read. I read like a medical memoir once because I was like, well. I have a weighted blanket in the van. <laughs> I love weighted blankets. <sighs> what is the appeal um, of weighted blankets? I don't understand this. It's, it's just, like a warm hug. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. It just makes me sleep better. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, they're yeah. amazing. I it's it's my thunder blanket. So you know dogs have like thunder shirts to comfort them when it's thundering. I don't actually know if this is where like it's the weight is very comforting. Like having like 30 pounds on me doesn't make me feel like I'm being stifled or you know suffocated. It's like a big hug. Yeah, like Jocelyn said. Okay. It's they're amazing. Amazing. I don't have my own, but I did get one for my child when she was small and not sleeping. But then I realized that you have to wait till they're five because it's supposedly not safe for when they're really young, even though you're trying all the tricks to get them to sleep. All right, but you can't pick weighted blanket, Khadija, because Sarah already picked weighted blanket. I can't think of anything. The only only thing I always want to take with me that it weighs too much is actually practical. And that's my recovery boots. Uh, I was thinking about those as well. Yeah, yeah, that's totally impractical. You're never going to bring them on an airplane. Come on. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. counts. That counts. that counts. Yeah, because I'd love to take them everywhere. Even if I'm not racing, I like just sitting in them. Do they? Do you really feel like they work? They help me. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'm too small. Every time I've tried them, they've been too big for me. Oh. The one I, I got... um rapid reboot and they have a small size hmm. so i got the smallest they have and they they've the hip ones i can't use because they're too big it's like right. yes it's like yeah i actually got i got a pair of norma techs um my eighth month of pregnancy because my legs are getting swollen uh, and then i was i asked my good friend joanna who's an ultra runner who has them and loves them and she's like treat yourself now because once that baby comes all your extra extra money is gonna go to her and she was right and she was right she was right so. all right Jocelyn what was your pick did you pick something well no I didn't um I think and this is I think this is practical too <laughs> so I've been hit by a car two times while riding my bike so I do have oh. neck problems and so I have a special pillow that is like super cushy but it's also flat it's really it's not really high 
And so I do travel with that when I go on road trips because it fits in the car easier than like taking it with you onto an airplane. But yeah, it would be my special pillow for my neck. Yeah, there, there's something about bedding. So mm-hmm. I remember hearing about Team Sky used to travel or they, whatever iteration they're on now. Um, right. But th- like, I know this is fairly, you know, widespread with some of the tour teams now is that they'll bring bedding from hotel to hotel so that like you have consistent sleep with the same bedding, the same pillows, like whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, I hate, I hate sleeping in unfamiliar environments and like having my pillow be off. Is the bedding the, like, I don't like it because I'm like convinced I'm going to be raped and murdered, but like, it's not the bedding <laughs> that like is my concern. Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Where I will take every blanket in the place and like fold them up on top of me because it's not <laughs> enough weight. <laughs> I mean, there are some, like, if you go to, like, a nicer hotel and the bedding is nicer, then you're just like, ah. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you're, like, staying at a shitty hotel or Motel 6, whatever. Thin blankets. Yeah. yeah like, Lump, kind of lumpy scratchy. pillows. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. just impacted by smells good. more. So I always carry around those gain for breeze because that's the, the detergent that I use. And I literally just spray everything with it because... It's a familiar smell hmm. to me. And I also have candles, tiny candles that I travel with because it, I don't know, there's something about smells that just impact me more than anything. And even sometimes, like you said, the feel of the your bedding, I'll travel with a twin size sheet that's like the same thread count of what I use. So that's what's on my skin. Huh. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Well, no, clearly, no, much clearly you guys... <laughs> Oh, feel this way. But yeah. I apparently am the only one who doesn't feel this way. So apparently, yeah. apparently this is a normal thing. Yeah. 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 And yeah. sleep is key when you yeah. when you travel. And not, yeah. And I'm a travel bum. If I I think the only thing that keeps me at home is the fact that I have kids. Maybe that's why I was gifted so many, because I would literally <laughs> I would literally be a travel bum if if I didn't have kids. You you would be in a white van parked yes. on the side of the road yeah like you will be this weekend yes yes oh i can't wait well, <laughs> if if we have any listeners who are going to chattanooga definitely come say hi to us or more obey uh otherwise we cannot wait to recap everything with you next week thank you so much for listening to if we we're riding and we look forward to catching up with you next week Tell me to stop, my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a Feisty Try sponsor, mostly because of their commitment to education and making sure all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like women uh, often underfuel, and they more typically complain about gel consistency. I know I do, uh, which is why I personally really love the light and easy to get down Precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. 
Precision Fuel and Hydration has also recently signed on as the official hydration partner for Ironman races in Europe, which means that the PF1000 electrolyte mix will be on course at all European races this summer for the bike and run. The 1000 mix delivers 1000 milligrams of sodium per liter or about 500 milligrams per 16 ounce water bottle, which is about the average sodium sweat concentration across thousands of sweat tests they've done on triathletes. And because it's a low calorie drink, it also lets you decouple your fueling and your hydration that can be helpful, you know, when there are so many different factors to keep track of in Ironman races. But the most important thing is testing it all for yourself, which is why you can use Precision's sweat testing spreadsheet to do your own testing and calculate your own sweat loss. And I know that can sound intimidating. I, I felt like that too, but it's really super manageable when you enter your numbers into their formula. And then you can book your own totally free consultation with their sports scientists, like no sales necessary. Um, you can find a wealth of information, all of this in their Precision Knowledge Hub, and you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and the specially formulated flow gel, which is made exactly for how people fuel in long course triathlon. It's like really handy. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP like Feisty Try Podcast and the number one five or, you know, like functional threshold power, FTP15 at pfandh.com. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with, oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year and I used try hard Kelly and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of try hard. I think it's like, definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now too, for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try, try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the try hard products with the code 20 feisty. That's two zero feisty for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20 feisty for 20% off at tryhard.co. 